You guys can hear me? Yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah? yeah. yeah. uh, okay. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. It's my pleasure. You know, I'll tell you the truth. You know, first impressions are important. It's a beginning of Girsa Diankisa. My first impression to Wayu is a Fabrang, you know, so that's pretty good. I thought, you know, I, I've, been, I've been here, you know, it was Bacher years ago to like this farm sale or something, but like really, this is my first time here, so. This is my Gears of the Ankasa, Fabrangan. That's how I'm going to think of you guys for the rest of my life, just Fabrangers, you know? Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Fabrang for a long time. Okay. So, Rishnus Rabbanim, I'll tell you the truth, I, I want to hear, I want to hear tire. I'm sick of my own voice, but, uh, but I figured if, if Abrangan is only cold for 10.30, so Mustama, like, the clock doesn't mean that much, you know, so I, I, won't, I won't overdo it, but, uh, I, I see, you know, when we talk about, we talk about if Abrangan for Rishchidosh Adar, it can't just be about Rishchidosh Adar. Chazal say that when there's a leap year, so the halach is that Purim is kept another sheni, because we want to be masmech gula gula. We want to connect the gula of Purim to the gula of Pesach. You know, Mishnech Masada's Marv Masimcha doesn't end by the end of Adar, it continues on Tanisa. This entire Tkufa that we're entering into, the month of Adar, through Nisan, is a time of gula. It's a time of gula. And so you know there's a Tzaddik writes in a few places that it was revealed to him, it was known to him that, you know, throughout the history of Golas, Rosh was not necessarily considered to be a big yontif. You say hal, chatzi hal, it's not tachanan, whatever, there's minhagim, some women don't do malacha, but it wasn't such a big deal. Tzaddik writes that before Mashiach comes, it's a different nevuah. He says that before Mashiach comes, you're going to see that Rosh Chodesh is going to become more, it's more of an Indian. People are going to become coming together for Sudas, for Fabrang, it's going to be more of a Zach. So, no, it's a chashvah thing. Not only are we coming together in Rosh Chodesh, which is a gula de Kenyan, but we're coming together for, the, for a month, that's a month of gula, masmech gula gula. So, so we have to speak for a few minutes about gula, about redemption, what does redemption mean, what does gula mean? What's the difference between gulas and gula, and how do, we, uh, how do we bring it down a little bit more? So it's like this. It's a principle we have from the Sefer Yitzirah. It says in Sefer Yitzirah that every single month of the year is connected to a particular letter of the Aleph base. And if a person wants to know what's the Avayda of that particular month, it's going to be connected to that letter of the Aleph base. So the month of Adar, which as I said is Adar, but also is the entrance into the months of Geula. So the letter of Adar says in Sefer Yitzirah is a letter Kuf. It's a letter Kuf. Himlech Eis Kuf. The letter of Kuf is ruling over the month of Adar. So the avoid the Pnimi, is everything that's about Adar and Tzpurim is going to be related to the letter Kuf. Now it's interesting. Now, every letter has a shape to it. There's a certain surah of what a letter is. And most letters of the Aleph base, most letters of the Aleph base can be seen as really a combination of many letters, of multiple letters. The letter Kuf is no different. The letter Kuf in Sefer Torah is obviously of two parts, as we know, right? There's the, there's the Resh, it's a Reish and a Zion, if you think about it. That's really what it is. It's a Reish and a Zion. Imagine it to yourself. It's a Reish and a Zion. <clears throat> so the end of a Kuf is going to be connected to those two letters in particular. That's the side. When you pull apart a Kuf and you really unpackage it, what emerges is the letter Reish on top, 
and the kuf, and the, the, the leg of the kuf is a zayin extending, extending down. It's unique, the letter kuf is unique, it's the only letter that are not, and the letters, it's the only letter that goes beneath that imaginary line that you can't cross, but a kuf goes under. But yet a part of it remains hovering above. It's the secret of the letter kuf, reish zayin. There's a number of interesting gematrias that we find with that combination of letters, reish and zayin, which is the letter kuf. First of all, the word Reish Zion comes together to form the word Ruz, which means a secret. Now, there's no other, there's no, there's no uh, yantif throughout the Jewish year that's more secretive, that's more mysterious than Purim. The whole thing of Purim is this side. So it's a Ruz. The word Ruz, Reish Zion, also, also equals a number of gematrias, which we have to explain. It equals a gematria, the word R, light. It's a famous passage when it comes to Purim, Yudam Ayra. It's the first thing the Pasuk describes, and Miguel Sessa describes the Gili of Purim to the Jewish people is that it was a Gili of R. So letter Reish Zion is R. It also equals Vigmachia Ein Saif. Reish Zion is Ein Saif. And maybe more mysterious Gemachia of all, we have to explain, Reish Zion also equals Vigmachia Adain Oilam. Adain Oilam. It's known from the Vilna Gain, that uh, capital, that field that we see in the morning, Adain Oilam. The Vilna Gaon was very fond of it. The Vilna Gaon used to say it a lot of times throughout the day. He used to say, he used to tell people, just an eitz of Mechazik Yer Hashem and avoid this Hashem to say it by Nilo. So it's interesting. Reish Zayin equals Vigamachia. R, okay, R, Raz. It's a secret. It's also the same letters as Zer, which means a crown. It's also the same letters as Zar, which means a foreigner, someone from the outside. It's interesting. A little paradoxical. And also equals Vigamachia by Nilo. Okay. So you have to figure all that out. You're not going to have to remember all the. Kashas and Gemashas, you know. Hopefully I will. Leave it to the side. So Adar is the secret letter Kuf, Reish Zion, with a lot of random Gemashas. Aleph. Beis, you know, when it comes to Purim, and you think about the story and the halachas that come from the story of Purim, there seems to be a little bit of a stira in terms of uh, some of the themes, I guess, that run throughout the story of Purim. Mitzad on one hand, in the Indian of Purim, we find a tremendous focus on Chiddush, on things that are absolutely new, that are shocking, you would never have expected. Right? So everyone knows, everyone knows that the, you know, the two words that sum up everything that's Adadik, everything that's Purimdik, is V'nahapechu. Right? And everything that was, that was supposed to go one way, everything was leading towards one way, not supposed to, but it was leading towards one way, you know, terrible, worse, 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 all leading to dead end. And then all of a sudden, v'na'apichu, everything is flipped on its head. As we know, everyone knows the story of Purim. Everything is upside down. Now, if you think about it in a little bit of a deeper way, the Indian of v'na'apichu means that when things are going in a normal way, you could sort of figure out the outcome. So when the outcome comes, you're not surprised, right? You had one and one, so you know what the answer is going to be. It's going to be two. So when two comes, it's not a chiddush. It's not a chiddush, because you, know, you saw it coming. You could have told from the beginning, I knew it was going to come. Once I saw one, I saw another one, I know it's going to be two. What's the end of an ha'pechu? The only problem is, that was one and a one, and turned out to four. Turned out to four. The whole Indian of the ha'pechu, the ma'pecha, the, 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 the Indian of Purim, that everything was going one way, and it turned out to, to come the opposite, it means it's coming from that place that's called yesh something from nothing, absolute chiddush. So the one yantif that is celebrating Chiddush, something that was absolutely unexpected, almost reminiscent of the greatest, most unexpected thing of all time, which is creation itself, right? 
the one thing that, the, you know, the greatest Chiddush of all was the moment that the Rav Hashem said, Yehi are, right? Because before that, there was nothing to expect anything that was going to lead to Yehi are. And even after Hashem says Yehi are, and all of a sudden there's light, we still don't know how that happened. So it's Kulei Chiddush. So the one Yantif that's reflective a little bit of this Musik, of Yesh Me'ayin, of something absolutely from nowhere, Mamish, a Chiddush, is Purim. In fact, Chazal Darshan, there's a Pasuk, it says, La'am Noilad, it talks about the Pasuk that, that there's going to be a people that will become a, a newborn people. The Rabbani Shalom, this La'am Noilad, a, a people that will be born, will praise Hashem, will be given a Torah Hadosha. Chazal Darshan, La'am Noilad, what's this newborn people? What's this new people? Chaz Hashem, not a new Jewish people. Chazal Darshan, that's referring to the times of Mordechai and Esther. That not only was the Yantif a Chiddush, Kulei Chiddush, but the people became completely mechudish because of that. The people were renewed. Kalal Yisrael were considered to be altogether different because of the experience of Purim. <clears throat> so Mitzad Echad, the union of Purim is Kulei Chiddush. Mitzad Sheini, There's another thing when it comes to Purim of nothing changing. Nothing changing. Right? Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Even the big, how does Megillah Sester start? Right? Who's Achashverosh? Nah, he's old. It's an old news. Who Achashverosh? We know Achashverosh. He's it's an old time. We know who he is already. Even the Megillah starts talking about something, and you might think it's new. It's not new at all. And how does the Megillah end? By talking about how that old Achashverosh that started off to, always thinking about money and trying to show his power and so on. The Megillah Sester ends off with the same thing, which is that he's you know, levying taxes on, on, on the world, and he's just accumulating more money. Chazal famously say that one of the reasons why we don't say hal and so on, akati because what happened exactly throughout Purim? What chiddush was there in Purim? Nothing. We started off servants of Achashverosh, we had those servants of Achashverosh, we weren't killed. Okay, so, but nothing happened. Nothing happened. Even in Alochav is such a thing, you know, even, you know, one of the mitzvahs of Purim is Mishleich Manis Eshlariyeh, right? To send presents to, a, to another, to another Yid. And one of the basic reasons that Achreinim give for why it was instituted, the mitzvah of Mishleich Manis, is L'Harbis Reyes, is to increase friendship. So you would think that the best thing to do would be to, to create new friends. So every single year there should be a Halach or something that you should have to go to people that you never gave Shalach Manis before to give it to them. But it's well known that Bach writes in, in, in his commentary to the Torah the opposite, that the Iker Mitzvah of Mishleich Manis is to send to people that you already know. That you already know. So Yitzhak Echad Purim is Kulei Chiddush, V'nahapechu, La'am Noil, we're considered to be a reborn people. Yet Yitzhak Sheni, nothing's changed. Even the Halachas of Purim dictate that, that one of the Mitzvahs of the day is to say Megillah says, right? To read the Megillah. The language, we know we do it twice, right? You read it at night, and then you, then you do it the next morning. The language of the Gemara is, the Gemara says, Rabbi Shubham Levi taught, that there's a Mitzvah to read the, to read the Megillah at night, and to repeat it the next day. That takes the air out of it. Why would you put it like that? Especially most Rishonim learn, Rabbi Natam, it's famous, that Rabbi Natam said that the Iker Mitzvah is really by the day. Yet Rabbi Shuvan Levi describes it as, okay, you're just repeating it the next day. Repeating it, that's the Iker Mitzvah is the day. The night is secondary to the day. So the whole, the whole Inan of Purim, Rabbi Shuvan Levi is describing it as just a chazara. It's a repeat. So somehow it must be the Inan of Purim is somehow chiddish within a context of no chiddish. And if you think about it, it's very much connected to the actual story of Purim. You might not notice this, but, you know, I... It was pointed, I, I saw this uh, a couple of years ago, and once I saw it, it's like, whoa, why, how did I not see this? 
you know, we, we tend to think that in the olden times when you had governments that were monarchies, you had a king, the king could do whatever he wants. So the king, if there's any person in a country that is the embodiment of Chiddush, it's the king. He literally can do whatever he wants. But it's interesting. In the Megillah, evidently the government, the Persian government was set up is that there was a king. So you have to be, you know, Achashverosh can do crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, there seems to be like a system of rules that even the king couldn't overcome. There were, there were these gzeres, these, these dosei hamelech, these rules even for the monarch that he could not overcome. Like there were rules in place. There were rules in place. Talks about, you know, the, the letters that were sent out, he could, even Achashverosh couldn't undo. And throughout the whole story of Purim, what is Achashverosh trying to do constantly? And Mordechai Nestor, and even Haman Lahavdal in his way, they're trying to manipulate the system in such a way to allow chedushim within the context of really nothing, no rules being broken, but breaking all the rules. So for example, like Vashti, Achashverosh is upset with Vashti. So Achashverosh wants to kill her. The Mepharshim explained, but there was a rule, you can't just kill the queen. Even the king can't just kill the queen. So what Haman has to make a whole tire, that her not coming to you is basically causing, it's going to cause civil unrest, because every family, the wife is going to rebel against their husband, and the whole country is going to fall apart. So it's a shas al chak. It's a you know this is this is a time of, of, of great peril for the country. You have to, you have no you know and part of the rules is that if it's a time of great peril, the king can do what he needs to do. It's like a time of war. Eh, let the king just do whatever he wants. The answer is no, no. Even Achashverosh is going to do it. But he's he's using the system to 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 do what he wants to make chedushin within the context of nothing new. So this seems to be touching the side of Purim, which is like there's something Chiddush, but at the same time, nothing's changing. So what is it? What's going on over here? It's like the costumes of Purim, you know? In the original minig of, uh, when the, the, the minig of, of, of costumes, the way it's brought down by the early Ashkenazi Rishonim, is that it wasn't just to have a costume of Purim, it's to constantly change your costume. First you're a cowboy, then you're a policeman. That's to constantly change. So who are you? So there's a part of you that's constantly changing, but on the other hand, there's something that always is staying the same. So this seems to be a, an akuda of Purim. The truth is, not only is this something that's essential to Purim of Chiddush, but no Chiddush at all, Gula itself, which Purim is a, is a gateway into, is also connected to this idea of absolutely new, and at the same time, not new at all. It's well known, it's Machlekes in the Gemara, Rav and Shmuel, different places, there's different Afghanis to it. Shmuel said, The only difference between our world and the world of Yomayse Mashiach, not much difference. The only difference is Shibut Malchias. The Goyim won't be on top of us, we'll be able to do what we want to do, the world will know the truth, but nothing really different than that. You know, in, in, in Meseches Megillah, one of, the, one of the themes of a lot of the Mishnah, so there's Ein Bain. Things that, you know, things that seem different. Mishnah says, eh, it's not really so different. One clean, uh, you know, one small difference is not really such a big deal, you know. Small differences, not, not, not earth-shattering. The other opinion, Rav on the other hand says, no, 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 what are you talking about? It's going to be so different and so new that only God's eyes can see it, have seen it. No one can imagine what's going to be. So it's Machlegis in the Gemara, but you know, it's the Rambam Paskins like both. Rambam Paskins like both. Ramam in some places tells us that there's no difference between now and Yonis Mashiach, just Shib and Malchias. In other places, the Ramam says, nah, Yonis Mashiach, is Ein Leirasis, which one is it? It's Kulay Chiddush, completely new, and at the same time, absolutely not new. It's Purim Dik. It's Purim Dik. 
As Rabbi Nachman writes in the Kutum Aran, he writes that throughout all of history, beginnings were always Pesach. Right? Nisan is the beginning. But he said, but before Mashiach comes, the beginning is going to be dot, dot, dot. doesn't end off the Maimon. So the Kabbal from the Tzaddikim in Breslau, Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Nachman himself said this, that what Rabbi Nachman then said, it wasn't recorded for whatever reason, is that the beginnings is going to be Purim. That's going to be the new beginning before Mashiach comes. Because the way to understand Mashiach and to enter into that place of Gula is by understanding the concept of there being Kulei Chiddush and at the same time no Chiddush at all. So that's based, we have to understand that as well. So you have the Reish Zion, all those Gemashias, they have the sinning of Purim, Chiddush and not Chiddush, Mashiach is Chiddush and not Chiddush. What does that mean? Okay, one final thing, okay? And then we'll, then we'll go in. Chazal say about Purim, Everyone, it's a well-known idea that Hadar That one of the major is one of the deepest qualities of Purim is not only the fact that we survived Haman. That's a certain that's 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 a Gavaldiga thing too. But there's a certain element of, of celebration on Purim, which is the fact that it was the completion of Har Sinai. It's well known by Har Sinai, the Hashem gives us a Torah. But we know, we said not Sivanishma, but there's a part of us that was still held back. There was a part of us that needed to be forced. Kafalayim Harkihigis. It was held, the mountain was held over our heads. And ever since then, we have to understand that Chazal doesn't just mean there was a part of us that was being held back. If there's a part of the Jewish people that are res, you know, reticent of receiving the Torah, it means there's a part of Torah that's not coming. It's a shidduch. If the Kala is not interested, it means the Chas is not interested to a certain degree as well. And so us not receiving the Torah completely means that we haven't fully really received the Torah. And so now, says the Gemara, famously, when it comes to Purim, and because of the Ahavas Hanes, because of the experience of Purim, the Jewish people fully accepted the Torah. This, is not ju- this doesn't just mean that on our side of things we accepted it, and there's no part of us that's being held back. It means now the Torah in its truest sense can be given to us. The completion of Har Sinai is in fact in Tyre, is in fact on Purim. So in a certain sense, to really appreciate Purim and to go deeper into Purim, we have to see it in the context of the Gemar, the Shlemus, the completion of Har Sinai. Now, what was Har Sinai? Har Sinai also was not just you know, a moment in time isolated. Har Sinai was also not just the not just the, you know, we're, after Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, we got to Harsinai 50 days later. That was also what took us out of Mitzrayim. When Moshe Rabbeinu stands by, Harsinai, by you know, by the, by the burning bush, and, and he's sort of questioning, like, you know, the Zidon over there, the four and a half level of impurity, how am I going to get them out? It, what, is, what is driving Yitzhiz Mitzrayim? What's the force that's compelling Yitzhiz Mitzrayim? So what does the Rabbanu Shalom say? Tavdun Esilakim Harsinai. Harsinai is not only something that was the destination from Mitzrayim, but Harsinai was also what was pulling us out of Mitzrayim. <clears throat> In this context, if Harsinai is ultimately not just the destination of Yitzhak, it's also bringing us out of Mitzrayim, and Purim is the completion of Harsinai, it means to truly understand, it means that in the deepest of senses, it's really Purim, that was taking us out of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. That was taking us out of Mitzrayim. And that's what Rabbi Nachman says. That before Mashiach comes, it's going to be revealed that the beginning of all beginnings was not Pesach. The beginning really was Purim. 
Because Purim means the completion of our Sinai, and our Sinai is really what was schlepping us out of Mitzrayim. So therefore, in order to truly appreciate Purim, we have to appreciate our Sinai. And really, to appreciate our Sinai, we have to appreciate what Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim was. I know I'm throwing a lot out there, but like I said, this is a Fabregan. I don't know when I'm going to be invited back. You know what I'm saying? So I got I to gotta cover everything right now. So you have to talk about Purim and Pesach and Shavuos. You have to cover it all. Okay. Let me explain, and then everything Bez Hashem will be tied together. You'll understand, hopefully. The end of Parsha Shemais. Let's go to Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. Yitzhiya Mitzrayim again. Behind the scenes of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim is our Sinai. And behind the scenes of our Sinai is Purim. So Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, how does it work? Moshe Rabbeinu goes to Klai Yisrael. In Parsha Shemais. Yidin, let's go. So Klai Yisrael is excited. We're going to get out of this. What happens? Parah hears about it. Make it worse. Uh, stop wasting time with Narish Gaiden. And so what happens? The Eden fall into a depression, they become angry at Moshe Rabbeinu. What are you doing? You're causing us to have more lachats and more difficulty. What are you doing to us? And Moshe Rabbeinu is also upset. He goes to Rabbeinu Shalom, ever since I went here, it got even worse. And so what happens? So the beginning of Parashat Ve'era, Moshe Rabbeinu was then sent by the Rabbeinu Shalom, go back. Go back and tell them that it's time to come, time to go out. Don't listen to Bar, don't worry about the extra avoid, go out. What does it say? They didn't hear at this point. First they were excited. Then they were angry at Moshe, at the disappointment when they saw it wasn't happening, and now, completely apathetic, they were completely, they could not hear Moshe Rabbeinu, didn't make a Roshim at all. So everything is rock bottom. Then the Pesach says, Rabbeinu Shem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, okay, you have to now begin the process of the Makkas, we have to begin the process of Yitzhi Yisrael in earnest. And it says in Pesach that Moshe Rabbeinu was told by the Rabbeinu Shleilam, go command the Jewish people something. And tell Parai to take the Jewish, to let the Jewish people go, and if not, there's going to be Dam Tzvardeyeh. But the Pesach says something mysterious, that Moshe Rabbeinu is being sent by the Rabbeinu Shalom to tell the Jewish people something. It doesn't say what. It doesn't say what. says Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi says like this. Yerushalmi says that Moshe Rabbeinu was told by the Rabbeinu Shalom that in order for Yitzhiz and Sarm to take place, which again, is coming from Har Sinai, which again is coming from Purim. In order for Kalei Yisrael to come out of Mitzrayim, in order for the Makkas to begin, in order to get that wheel going, you have to reveal to them one mitzvah. And this mitzvah is going to contain everything we're talking about. And that is the mitzvah of Yoival. Mitzvah of Yoival. Rishami says that Moshe Rabbeinu was told by the Rabbanu Shalom, go tell the Jewish people that there's such a thing called an Eved Ivri. There's such a thing called a Jewish slave. And a Jewish slave, Allah is in Parshish Mishpatim, that were that the Jewish slave is allowed free after seven years. But if the Jewish slave says, I love my master, I'm happy to be a slave. So it says in Pasuk, then we, we drill his ear, and he's now a slave forever. Comes Tarshaval Peh, and Tarshaval Peh says, it says he's a slave forever in Chumash. Tarshaval Peh says it means, it means that he could be a slave again. With he could he could give in to that, but it's only until Yovel. Yovel comes, he's leaving. It says the Yerushalmi, Moshe Rabbeinu was told, tell the Jewish people that missed that secret of Yovel. What's going on? So the Ragged Shover, the Ragged Shover says, the reason why this mitzvah needed to be told to them is because in Pnimi is 
what they were experiencing was this sugya. They were first told by Moshe Rabbeinu, you're all avodim, you're yidden, but you're slaves. Go free. The door is open. It's the seventh year. And they first got excited. They were getting up. What happens? Parak comes and makes it worse, puts Benias. And what happens? Eventually, the Jewish people, like Shalom Moshe, they don't hear Moshe Rabbeinu. And said the Rabbi Shavu, when the Jewish people just didn't hear Moshe Rabbeinu, what they really were saying is, Okay, no, we're here. We're Mitzrayim, done. Not interested in leaving. Said the Rabbi therefore, the only way to take an Evid Ivri out of Avdus, even after he says, I'm happy to be a slave, is only Yoival. And said the Rabbi Shavu, and that's the secret, that's the mystery of Yitzis Mitzrayim, all the Makis, is really just a physical manifestation of this side of this secret that's called Yoival. Yitzis Mitzrayim is the secret of Yoival. This is why, you know, it's interesting, in all of, in all of Chumash, how many times does it say, Zeich Yitzis Mitzrayim, to remember Yitzis Mitzrayim in all of Chumash? It says it 50 times. It's Yoival, Yoival is the 50th year. 50 times. As I said, Moshe Rabbeinu was told by Hashem, you're going out of Mitzrayim, Tavdun is Lekim because of Harsina. What does it say by Harsina? Harsina, first of all, how many days did it take for them to get to Harsina from Yitzis Mitzrayim? It's 50 days, right? After Sri Saimri, you get to Harsina, it's the 50th day, it's Yoival. It says in Pasuk regarding Harsinai, that the shoifer of Harsinai is described as the shoifer of Yoival. So Pesach is Yoival. It's being driven, being compelled by the Yoival of Harsinai. And that's exactly behind the scenes of what Purim is as well. Purim is the secret of Yoival. What do I mean Purim is the secret of Yoival? So it says in the Megil Sester, everyone knows that you know, after Ahasuerus gives, gives Mordechai and Esther the Rishus to take care of our enemies, so it says that Haman, Haman was hanged, and the Seris B'ni Haman were killed, and Esther Malchus says, one last request, I want all the ten sons of Haman hanged on that eights. How to, in other words, they were already, they were already killed. So, then, so it means in, in Esther Malchus' mind, the hanging of Haman and his ten sons, the, those eleven Rishayim on that eights, Gavoya Hamishim Amma, 50 amas high, that was the embodiment, that was the physical manifestation of the pnimius of what Purim is. And that's the eighth gavoy chamish the, 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 the tree that was, the, 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 you know, the pole that was 50 amas high, that's the secret of Yoivo. That's the 11, the 11 sons, that's why there's 11 ein bains in Megillah says, in, in Sechs Megillah, 11 times ein bain this, ein bain that. So Yitzis Mitzrayim is Yoivo, Harsina is Yoivo, and that's what Purim is, is Yoivo. Okay, so now we have one final thing to figure out, and then everything is taken care of. What's Yaivu? What's Yaivu? Okay. See you guys in Yeshiva. So share with you a tyrant. Okay, but it's a short one, don't worry. It's not so hard. I don't know about that. Okay, we'll see. You'll, you'll, you'll tell me. <clears throat> What's the halach of Yaivu? So I mentioned one example of Yaivu is, one halach of Yaivu is that the Evid Ivri goes free. Even after he wants to stay, and it says in Pasuk of Adloilam, he goes free after, uh, after Yoival. He goes free after Yoival. There's another halach of Yoival, which is that karka, land, also goes back to its original owner. So you have Reuven and Shimon, yeah? Reuven has a piece of property near Israel, he sells it to Shimon. The halach is, it's a sale, 100%, if anyone takes the land, he's a ganav. Comes Yoival, the land goes back to Reuven. That's the halacha. That's the halacha. Chazars HaKarkayis, the land goes back to the original owner on Yoival. There's an interesting halach, the halach is, Gemara says in Bab that the only time, the only type of sale, let's put it this way, the only type of sale that Yoival undoes is a sale that was Lo'olam, a sale that was forever. 
If Reuven sells his field to Shimon forever, it's a, no strings attached, it's your field finished, that's a type of sale that Yoival undoes. But if, let's say, Reuven sells his field to Shimon for a thousand years, but a thousand and one years, the sale is over, Yoival can't affect it. The only type of sale that Yoival can affect is a sale that would be, that's a, a forever dika sale. So the Achorinim asks an interesting question. If the only type of sale Yoival can affect is a sale that's forever, but then once Yoival comes, Yoival makes it not forever. Once it's not forever, Yoival can't affect it anymore. Yoival undoes itself. How could Yoival ever affect a sale? It starts off as a sale forever, but once then you open the Shulchan Aruch, and the Shulchan Aruch says, yeah, but now Yoival comes and says it's not forever. Now it's a, not, now it's a, now it's a non-forever sale. If it's a non-forever sale, then Yoival can't affect it. Well, then it goes back to a forever sale, and then Yoival comes, but then Yoival goes away. It's a, it's a circle. Yoival undoes itself. How does Yoival work? How does Yoival work? Okay. So let me begin to answer. And this is the site of Yoival. In the Sumer Akdash, we find the following idea. In the Zara Kaddish, this is a big site in Chabad Chasidis. You mentioned uh, the Balatanya before. This is a big klal in Chabad Chasidis. There are two levels to reality. There are two perceptions to reality. There's two ways to look at things. There's something that's called Yehudi Ilah, the higher unity. And there's something that's called Yehudi Tata, the lower unity. There's a perception of reality, there's a gaze, there's a point of view of creation, of experience, that's called Shema Yisrael Hashem Hashem Achad. And there's a perspective of reality which is called Baruch Shem Kvay Malchus Eloyim Vod. Yehudi Law, the higher unity, a perspective of Shema Yisrael means seeing things from the way God sees them. And you know, there's a, there's a language, there's a Lushan that we find in the beginning of Davening, we say this by Karbonis, it says, Atuhu ad you are the same God as you were before creation. You're the same way as you are after creation. What was filling all of reality before creation? What was here? Before creation, what was here? Was our ain Saif, the infinite light of God. That's all there was. It was just Him. And what we say in the Avenue, Atahu God, the same way you fill all things before creation. It's exactly what it is right now. In other words, there is a way, there is a perception of reality, there's a madrig of looking at things which is called by the Sormak Dosh and Mitzi Doi from the way God sees things, his vantage point, his perspective, which is Ain Saif. Everything is still within the same space as it always was within God's world, within his space. That's called Shema Yisrael Shagin Hashem Echad. When we say Shema twice a day, it means that we're proclaiming this truth, which is, the Rabbani Shloilam is everywhere. There is nothing outside of Him. There is nothing that's not Him, Kivyach. All there is is Metzies Lakos. All there is is Ein But then what happens? You open your eyes after Kriyashma, after Shema Yisrael, then you open your eyes and you see a shtender and a table and a chair and a guy making it crazy. You know, this, the, all the stuff that goes on in the world. And then you say, that's a truth, that's a reality. I don't see that. That's not my experience in this world. My experience in this world is that there's such a thing as Ruvain's field and there's such a thing as Shimon's field. And I experience in this world that there's such a thing as oxygen molecules and there's such a thing as carbon molecules, I think, right? Something like that, yeah? Fine, it's been a while. So there's such a thing. No, so what happens? So then you have to proclaim, Rabbi Nishleilam, I don't know. 
Baruch Shem Kvayim Melchus Alonvod. You're at least a melech. That much I can. That much I can say. There is a there is a world with all different pratim, all different inyanim, but at least there's a melech that I know. So you have these two things. It's called Yehudi Ilah, the higher unity. In that place, Ein Oid Mulvada. There is nothing but God. And in that place, all there is is Ein Saif. Nothing's really changed from before creation to after creation. Everything is just a ray of light in the sun itself. And then you have another perspective, which is you open your eyes and there's a lot of different inyanim. Now, the secret of Amuna, the secret of Amuna is not to believe in Yehudi Yilah. To believe in the higher unity that everything, nothing changed, you don't need faith for that. You don't need faith for that. Where did God go when he wanted to create the world? Where did he get the material from? Went to Home Depot? Went to Lowe's? Where did he go? There's no Home Depot, there's no Lowe's. So where did he go? From within himself. That was the only material that was there. So what does that tell you about the material now that we see it? It's still part of him. Yehudah Allah is not a chiddush. And Yehudah Tato, lower unit, is also not a chiddush. I see chairs, I see spikes, I see water, I see cookies, I see guys. And I believe that there's a creator. That's not a chiddush either. You don't have a muna for that. You know what a muna is? And understand this well. A muna means to believe that even with Yehudah Tato, 100%, and Yehudah Allah still exists. When you, have, when you usually have a steer, when you have a contradiction between two ideas, the answer usually is you gotta, something's got to give. Either this side is not 100% or this side is not 100%. You gotta, something's got to give. The Chiddush of Amun is, there's 100% Yehudi Ilah. It's 100% Hashem Echad. And it's 100% there's a table and chairs in front of us. And nothing is budging. Neither is budging. But they both still exist. They both still interact with each other. And here's the amazing thing. When the, there are moments, there are times when that truth of Yehuda Yilah makes its way into our world, where at the same time Yehuda Tato is still functioning, it's still happening, there's still table and chairs, but at the same time there's a presence beneath the surface. There's, a, there's, a, there's something else. There's something else. That's the secret of Yehuda. How does Yehuda work? If it was a Mechir Asylum, if Reuven sold his field for, you know, forever, Yovel comes and says it wasn't forever. So then Yovel doesn't work anymore. The answer is, there's Yehudah Tato, lower unity. Lower unity is, it's Reuven's field, and he's old. The Shemin was forever. What's the secret of Yovel? The secret of Yovel is that it's Takachu, it's Reuven's field, and it's Takachu, it's Shemin's field. But you know what's beneath the surface of both Reuven and Shemin? What's beneath the surface of both Reuven and Shemin is Hashem Echad. And the secret of Yovel is that although you're living in a space that's called Yehudah Tata, lower unity, where Ruvain sold his field to Shimon 100%, and that's not changing in the world of Yehudah Tata. But the secret of Yovel is that even while you're existing in Yehudah Tata, you are able, and you are able to, to be conscious and to experience the ripple effect of the, fa- of, of the reality of Yehudah Ilah beneath the surface. You won't be able to see it, you won't be able to explain it, but you'll see its effect. You'll see its effect, and you could be margish its effect. Then you could be living in a universe where there's Reuven and Shimon, and there's tables and chairs, and there's good and there's evil, and there's good days and bad days, and ups and downs. But at the same time, nothing's ever changed. And there's a part of the Neshama that's sensitive to this, and that's called Yavl. Let's understand, why is it that Yovel is what's driving Yitzhiya Mitzrayim? Why is it that that Eved only can go free because of Yovel? You know why? Because after seven years, the door opens. 
and the guy is in Golis, he's in Evid, and he's been given the opportunity to, do, to go to a new place. He's going to a new place. Go to Gula, go to Eretz Yisrael, go to Yushalayim, go, go into Gula. So if he takes the opportunity, it's Gavaldic. But let's say he does, and let's say he's so shakua, he's so submerged in his place of Golis, that the very idea of moving from his place, he can't fathom. So you know what comes the Evelyn says? hate, stay where you are. But do you know what is underneath where you are? Do you know what's underneath your feet? You think you're, you're standing in, in Goldstein's house. What's, understand, what's underneath Goldstein's house? What's underneath Goldstein's house is, a, is an infinite light of God that, that permeates and pulsates everything, that encompasses everything. The secret of Yoival is, and this is what gives a Jew the ability to get out of any place that they're stuck in, by realizing that where you are, that where you are is saturated with God's presence to such a degree that the very idea of having to go anywhere else to find God is a ridiculous notion. This is the secret of Yoival. Yoival says that even where you are, so Yisrael are stuck in Mitzrayim. And the very idea, they cannot fathom leaving Mitzrayim. So what does the Rabbani Shalom say to Moshe Rabbeinu? Reveal to him the secret of Yoival. Because you know Yoival is? You're in Mitzrayim. But who do you think Pare is? What do you think Mitzrayim is? What do, you, what do you think the airspace over there is? Can you have a It's all elokus. It's all inside. Experience. Try to tap into Yehuda Ilah that's beneath the surface of Yehuda Tata. This is the ultimate oimik. This is the pnimius of what Har Sinai was. What was Har Sinai? The chiddush of just to go quickly. The chiddush of Har Sinai was the Rebbeinu Shalom saying, "Anochi Hashem alakecha, I am Hashem your God." And you know, Chazal say about Har Sinai, it didn't create any echoes. That booming voice of God didn't make any echoes. Why? What does an echo mean? An echo means I send out a voice and there's a wall. And my voice hits the wall, because the wall is not my voice, and it bounces back. There was no echoes by Harsina. You know why? Because the revelation of Harsina was, means that everything was, there was a revelation of Yehudi Yilah to that point. And Yehudi Yilah means there's walls, there's mountains, there's butterflies, there's frogs and cats and all that stuff. But it doesn't make an echo because behind the scenes within it, reverberating within it is an unchanging truth since the beginning of time, which is And that gives a Jew the ability to move. It gives a Jew the confidence to actually move from where they are because you're not stuck. But wherever you go, you're ultimately in the same place. That's the secret of Harsina. Moshe Rabbeinu said about Harsina, There's nothing but God. That's what Harsina was. The Torah was given in that context. This is what was compelling, this is what was driving Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, who was taking us out of that place. And this is exactly what Purim is. Purim is this on steroids. The whole eating of Purim is what? Is that Teva itself, nature itself, everything that's Yichudit HaTah, everything that's Reuven and Shimon selling land to each other, Achashverosh and Vashti, it's all what? It was pulsating. It was pulsating with divine presence from the very beginning. Not that the Rebbe came as a knight in shining armor saving the day. The very Averis of the Jewish people themselves were pulsating with God's presence. Nothing, ch- the, very, the, very, the very beginning of time where everything was God was revealed to always still be there. And you could have Averis and you could have a Vashti, you could have all sorts of Inyanim of Jewish people by the Sudavachashverish and bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar's idol. And that's all true in Yehudah Tata, but it doesn't change anything in Yehudah Elah. The whole secret of Purim is Chiddush, things are new. Chiddush means it's Reuven and he sold his field to Shimon. That's Chiddush. Yechudah Tatoa means there's a bottle of Sprite and there's a bottle of Coke. Those are two separate things. There's a guy standing up, a guy sitting down. There's a good day, there's a bad day. There's a Vashti, there's an Esther. That's all Chiddushin. 
But the secret of Purim is, that's all true, but you should know it's also true that nothing's changed. And I, we, don't wrap, we can't wrap our heads around it. That's not the job of a Jew. The job of a Jew is not to understand how it works. The job of a Jew is to figure out, well, how does that change my avoider? How is my avoider different by knowing that these two realities of Yichud and Yichud both exist simultaneously with each other, within each other? How? The question is, how does that change my avoider? And the, what it does to my avoider is, that no matter what's going on in my life, and as stuck as I might think I am, there's no such, where am I stuck? As opposed to being somewhere else, where do you think you are? Wherever you are, you're in, we're included in Ein Saif. This is the secret, this is the secret of the letter Kuf. The letter Kuf is a combination, as I said, of what? Of Reish Zion. The letter Zion is that leg that goes down, 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 down. That's called Yehuda Tata. It goes into that lower place, that place of Reuven selling his field to Shimon. And in that lower place of Reuven selling his field to Shimon, it was Lachalutin. It was 100% sale. It's not budging. It's not moving at all. But then there's a hovering Reish. And the hovering Reish means that at the same time Reuven sold his field to Shimon, and there was a change in the field from Reuven to Shimon, at the same time, nothing's changed because it wasn't Reuven's to begin with. It's not Shimon's now. It's all the Rabbinish loyalists. Anoich Hashem that's the ratio in the Zion. This is Said. This is the Ruz. This is the secret. The secret of Yiddishkeit is this Nakuda of there being a Reish and the Reish is not changing. And there being a Zion and the Zion is not changing. The question is, how does that affect my Avoidah? And to that degree, even a Zar, even someone that's foreign, where is that crown of Elokos? Where is that crown, that Zer, that crown? Because the, the, the Reish Zion, the letter Kuf, this secret of the letter Kuf means... Ain Saif. It means at the same time, at the same time, the Rabbani Shalom is Ain Saif and it's still Ain Saif. It's still infinite, like nothing's changed. And that same Reish Zayin equals Magnachi Adain Ayla. Adain Ayla means Baruch Shein Kvayim Mechus Alamavad. Adain Ayla means Yichudet Ata. It means there's an Ayla. There is a world with all different things going on in there. There's an Adain Ayla. There's a master of the world. There's a master of the world. But the same Reish Zayin equals Magnachi Ain Saif. Nothing's changed. Yichudet Ila and Adain Ayla. Yichudet Ata. This is the Chiddush, this is the secret of, of, of Purim, the secret of Purim. This is why, you know, even the capital of Adon Eilam, very quickly, I don't, I'm, oh, it's really late, wow, okay. So, <laughs> very quickly. The secret of Adon Eilam, the capital that the Vilna Gain was so taken by. I tell the guys in the show, I, I remind them of this, it, it's one of the most powerful capital if you really allow it. Adon Eilam is two parts. And the two parts of Adon Eilam sum all of this up. The first part of Adon Eilam is talking about Yichud Eilah. Adon Eilam Asher Malach B'Terem Kol Yitzil Nefra. The Rebbe Hashem, you were, you were king before there was such a Muslim of Amalchus. You're one. Echad V'Ein Shaini. No one can be compared to you. Haya, Haya V'Hiya. Atu Ha'atshel Nefra Eilam, Atu Mish Nefra You were there before creation, you're there now, nothing's changed. And then what's the second part? That same God that's unchanging that's always present, that's mamish, underneath Reuven and Shimon's fields, who Kaylee, he's my God, with all of my nuances, and all my idiosyncrasies, and all my narish guidance, and all my shtusim and avolam, the Rebbe was my God. Vuchai Goyali, he's the life, he's the redemption of my life. And Chai means changing. Tzur Chevli based Sara. He's the rock that I hold on to, the rope that I hold on to when I'm having a hard time. What a hard time? Nothing's changed. God is infinite. The answer is, that's Yichudi Yilob, but there's such a thing as Yichudi Tata. And this is the secret of Purim. 
The secret of Purim is a Jew to be besimcha where you are. And because wherever you are, the ground that's, what's underneath the ground under your feet is Ein Saif. That's the secret of Purim. And, and this is the Avoida, by the way, just to end off very quickly, this is the Avoida of, of a person engaging and learning on their level to be, to be Isaac a little bit in Primia Satara. I was told that, you know, guys, we are comfortable, comfortable talking about this, you know. Each one to their own madrega, on their own madrega. You know, it says in Pasuk, he made Seischa, Meretz, Mitzrayim, Red, and Neflois. That we left Mitzrayim, the Rebbe says, just like you left Mitzrayim, that's how you're going to leave Golas. Golas is going to be in such a way, the same mechanism that was in place that got you out of Mitzrayim, that's the mechanism that's going to be in place to get you out of Golas, this Golas. So let me ask you something. So why didn't it work the first time? If it's the same Indian that's repeating itself from Yitzhiz and Sraim, it didn't work by Yitzhiz and Sraim to give us a Gula Shleim, what's going to be the difference now? So the answer is, the reason why Yitzhiz and Sraim wasn't a Gula Shleim was because the Rabbanu Shalom did it for us. It was all, all this stuff was happening from the Rabbanu Shalom's side. He was the one that introduced us to Yehuda Ilah while we were living in Yehuda Tata. He was the one that introduced us to this idea that while you're in Mitzrayim and you feel like you can't get out of Mitzrayim, dig deeper within Mitzrayim and you'll see that you're not in Mitzrayim anyway. And there's no difference between Mitzrayim and Yerushalayim. And then when you have that truth, then you can start moving, you can start going. You're not weighed down by the, by the sense, by the place that you're in. Because the place that you're in is only... A surface. That happened to, to us, and because of that, it didn't have a kiyam ultimately forever. But our avoda to bring Gula, to bring Mashiach, is to is to is to connect to this Indian of Yitzis Mitzrayim, which is Har Sinai of Anoich the truth of Yichuda Yilah reverberating throughout all universes, despite the fact that there's Yichuda Tata that it has to face, that it has to deal with, the secret of Purim of everything changing at the same time staying the same, of the Rabbana Shalom's presence, even his consistent presence, even in the face of all the chalukim and all the shinoim and the chudat our invite to bring Mashiach is to bring that upon ourselves. Not to wait for the Rabbana Shalom to do it, but to bring it upon ourselves. How does one do that? Any level of Pnei Mesatur that a person engages in is this Indian. All of Pnei Mesatur is about this. Nicholas Atar is telling you how to navigate Yehudat HaTorah. How, does, how do you navigate Reuven selling his field to Shimon? Pnei Torah says, that's all true. But you should know, underneath Reuven and underneath Shimon is Ein Saif. That's what Pnei Torah is about. That's all that it's about. It's the sugi of Ein Saif. It's Raz. Raz is secret. Secret equals Begmachi Ein Saif. And it doesn't, doesn't take over Yehuda Tata. It doesn't take away Reuven and Shimon. It gives you a deeper context of who Reuven is and who Shimon is. And at that point, when Mashiach comes, is going to be an ability ultimately to make shalom between these two universes. We might not ever understand it, but when Sheikh comes, we'll be able to make peace with it. And we'll be able to live a universe of Yehuda Tata and at the same time, at the same time, be completely all in to Yehuda Yilah. Now that's a mystery. You might not know what that looks like, but our avayda before Mashiach comes is to make space for that. And the way to make space for that is to navigate properly in Yehuda Tata. Nigla, Halacha, Shaz, Shulchanarach, Baal, Yishami, everything you guys are doing. And at the same time, to make space within the Nefesh for Yehudi Yilah, for the higher unity, saying Shema Yisrael, and closing your eyes and realizing that behind all these changes and all these differences and the different shades of Yehudi Tata, behind all of that is a unity that has not changed since the beginning of time. And that's called Ein Saif. 
When we make space in our nefesh for those two things, and we can somehow navigate that without trying to explain how, but to figure out how does that change my avayda? How is my life going to look? What would, what would, how would life look if a Jew believed that with the truth of Yehudah Tatah, beneath all of that is Yehudah Yilah. How would that change the davening? How would that change his mitzvahs? How would that change his way of dealing with ups and downs? I want to mimic that. Don't try to figure out how when what's upshotted. Save that for someone else. The question is avoida. And when you make space in that, when you bring yoivel into your own life, the shar hanun, you bring that truth of Yehudah Yilah into the world of Yehudah Tato to the best of your abilities, that means you're making burn, that means you're bringing Arsinai, it means you're bringing a gula for yourself. This was long, I'm sorry, and complicated. I didn't realize how complicated it was, I'm sorry. But let me hand over the Misa. Worst case scenario, you come up with a story, yeah? Okay, fine. So I'll tell you Misa. <clears throat> for the Chayzer Vublin. Chayzer Vublin. So the Misa is that there was a, a year that once came to the Chayzer Vublin, he wanted to spend, spend a Shabbos there and a weekend, the whole thing. He was not a chassid in particular, but you know, chassid. So he went to the chassid, and he was oh, he spent Shabbos there. He was, he was in the spol, was taka pelde gefeng, what he saw. But then he stayed there on Matzah Shabbos and Sunday, and he saw something that the chassid was doing that really bothered him very, very much. He saw that during Shmon Esrei, during Shmon Esrei, not on Shabbos, but during Shmon Esrei, Matzah Shabbos or Sunday, whatever, the chassid during Shmon Esrei took out his pipe, and started like pouring tobacco in it and patting it down, doing the whole thing with his pipe during Shemun Now, I don't know why this Yid is noticing that during his Shemun It happens sometimes. He sees this and it throws, it mamash bothers him. Mamash bothers him. Like that, this, that's not, during Shemun he's dealing with that. So he says, you know what, I have to go over there. I'm going I'm to talk to him about it. So he goes to the Chayza. He says, Rabbi, what can I tell you? What were you doing during Shemun playing with your, with, your, with, your, with your pipe? So Chayzeh says, listen, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a story, I'll tell you a mashal to explain what I was doing. So the mashal is like this, he said there was once a king, this king was very into music, very into music, and he had an orchestra that he hired professional people, wherever he went, his orchestra went, he was very into music. So one time the king is walking down the street, he's taking a tour of the city, blah, 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 and, you know, with his chavra, and he goes and he sees and he hears that there's someone playing music. Okay, so he wants to go see, he's always interested in music, so he goes... And he sees he's like a beggar, one of the side streets, and he has this guitar, it's, you know, off tune and, you know, broken and all that stuff. And he's just, he's playing for pennies, you know. And the, and, and the king is, is sitting there and he's mamish like taken by this. And the, the generals in the office are like, well, what's going on here? Like, hey, the king does what he wants. So the king's watching this. And after the thing is over, the king turns to his chavr and he says, I want this guy in my orchestra. He has to be in the orchestra. Okay, it doesn't make any sense. Fine, kacha. So they take him to the orchestra. They bring him there, and the conductor meets him for the first time. This guy can't play. Mamash can't play. He's terrible. He's, he's going to ruin the whole thing. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? The king says, what are you supposed to do? So he's part of the orchestra now. And they come there, and the king comes for the first performance. And the whole thing is being thrown off by this guy. But the king is there. He's Mamash he's, 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 he's excited. Okay, no one makes, no one makes sense of this. But at some point, everyone just gets used to it. You know, it's one of those things, you know. Yeah, you have this sometimes, you know, let's say there's, a, you know, someone that, you know, when there's like Nugur or something, not a year, Chas Hashem. It's like one guy that's like off. So the, like the first, you know, but now like the whole Zman you have, you know, you're like stuck. So like the first couple, Shal is it's like hard. But at some point you get used to it, you know, it's just that's part of the deal. So fine, they got used to it. But one day the conductor goes over to this uh, beggar and he says, listen, 
Mail, you're part of the orchestra. It's the king. Okay, it, it is what it is. But the guitar that you're playing is mamish. It's 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 off key. It's off tune. It's broken. You got you got to upgrade to it. We'll pay for it. But you got you, you got to stop using this. It's throwing everyone off. So the beggar says, like, "Listen, I'll tell you the truth. I have no idea why I'm here. This doesn't make any sense to me. I'm a nobody. I can barely. I know I can barely play. I know. The king is a mishagas. He puts me in the, the organ. I have no idea. But if the king chose me." It means he chose me with my Mishagas. My Mishagas is this is my guitar. That's it. The whole thing doesn't make sense why I'm here, but if I'm here, I'm here with my guitar. So the Chazit says to the Yid, listen, I'm a beggar, I'm a nobody. Why in the world am I in the Mizrachvant? You know what I'm saying? Why am I the Rebbe over here? It's a Mishagas. I, I have no idea. The king chose me, face. But if he chose me, I come with my Mishagas. And what my Mishagas is? I have a cigar, I have a, a pipe during Shemaz. That's what he says. Nice. Now, obviously, you know, there's any on him going on. That's Purim, you know what I'm saying? He's Yechud Eloh, there's any on him, there's any on him. And you have Yechud Tato, your Mishagasin. The Chiddush of Purim is, you come with your Mishagasin. You come with Mishagasin. What does that mean? Okay. It's a Kasha. It's a Kasha. Yeah. The whole thing is a Kasha. Why were you chosen to begin with? I don't know. From here, anyway, I come with my Mishagasin. We all have our Mishagasin. We all have our, you know, pipes that we play with during Shemineser. You can still dive Shemineser. You can still dive Shemineser. Yichud Tato might say, that's not a Shemineser. But then you go to Yichud Yilo, and Yichud Yilo says, what's well, an Afghan in my The whole thing is a lukus anyway. The whole thing, is, uh, it's above my pay grade, everything is above my pay grade. So once everything is above my pay grade, well, we think we know what a Baruch Shomer is. We know what a Yishtab, but we have no idea what anything is. So, okay. Might as well do it anyway. It's not like certain things I'm going to do well. I'm not going to do anything well anyways. I might as well do everything. The Revolution should bless each and every one of us. In fact, we should come into these months of Gula, we want to ourselves to Pneumistika Avayda, Pneumistika learning, Pneumistika Yiddishkai, Pneumistika Avas Yisrael, to look at each other with Yichudi Yilodika lenses, Shavizaycha, Bepeecha, Belevecha, each and every one of us to be able to come to that time where we'll be heard, resonate, strong, 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 Shema Yisrael, Shalom Kineshem Echad, and Baruch Shenkel, Muchus Lenavod, Yichudi Yilod, with Yichudi Tatov, Yis Kol Tzedek, Meher Yimeinu, Amen. Amen.